Vaporwave News Network, Episode 10. Hello, and welcome to the Vaporwave News Network, a bi-weekly podcast about the contemporary vaporwave scene. We feature news, discussion, and current trends, as well as reporting on upcoming releases and events in the vaporwave, future funk, and adjacent communities. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Trucks Passing Trucks. I run Pacific Plaza Records in addition to DJing and booking events over my past six years of being involved in the Vaporwave community. Welcome to Vaporwave News Network. It's episode 10, covering September 2023, heading into the second half of the year. I'm going to talk about some stuff that's been happening in our vapor world this month, but let me remind you that you can follow the podcast on social media at VW News Network. We're currently on Instagram and Twitter, but I've started a TikTok account and a Blue Sky account, so please follow us comment on our post to help drive that engagement. Over on Blue Sky, there's a great custom feed coded by Ognos that features vaporwave artists, musicians, and just people involved in the scene. It also catches all posts mentioning vaporwave within the last seven days. It's pretty cool. I recommend you subscribe to it if you get over on Blue Sky. And there's also a chronological feed and an algorithmic feed you can subscribe to. So there's two actually two different feeds in the vaporwave one and On Blue Sky, you can get a chronological feed of your own, which is great. So if you want to be added to the feed, you can tag him in a post over on Blue Sky. I also created a profile for my label, Pacific Plaza Records, and I will hopefully get back to random thought posting again now that I'm away from the Twitter cesspool. We also have two curated playlists on Spotify you can check out. Contemporary Vaporwave, which is our main playlist capturing all things Vaporwave, Future Funk, as well as beloved subgenres like Slushwave, Barber Beats, Late Night Lo-Fi, Vapor Trap, and of course Classic Style. That one's been ruffling some feathers on Twitter. And we have Fresh Future Funk, which is loaded with current tracks from the past six months and some classics or deep cuts from the past. I added new selections to both playlists in the second half of the month. Quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast or follow us on your platform of choice. If you're checking this out on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. If you can leave a rating on your streaming platform of choice, please do that as well. If you're listening on Spotify mobile, scroll down below the description and you can interact with our polls and Q&A. So definitely check that out. I'm going to remember to update it with some new questions and polls for our episodes in the past as well. You can also straight up donate to the podcast on our website. It'll take you over to PayPal. I'm hoping to figure out a subscription of some sort later this year. I've been looking at a platform called Ghost, which I mentioned before. It's open source and kind of allows for a cool website where I can do free content and have some stuff behind a paywall, you know, the whole shebang. So if you know anyone that's used it or has used it and can give me some feedback, let me know. I had someone reach out on Instagram about it, and I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for reaching out. Shouts out to Joe in Chicago for continuing to donate every month. And if I missed a donation from you, send me a gentle message or email so I can shout you out in the next episode. As a reminder, currently only two or three small donations a month through the PayPal link on our current website will help pay for the hosting of the podcast. So if you feel so inclined to sacrifice the cost of a coffee, check it out. With all that out of the way, what's been going on with me? Well, earlier in the month, I was actually still traveling, this time to a family wedding in Ohio at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw a couple samples in there, but no Vaporwave yet. And I've been adjusting to the school year work-life balance the past few weeks. My day job is back in full swing, and that always means a slew of orientations, chaotic first days of class, situations, and all sorts of stuff. So I decided to wait till the end of the month for this episode, hoping my schedule calmed down. 
but I'm still waiting for it to settle out and I got a lot on my plate. So thank you for being patient with the delay. So what am I going to recommend this week? What have I been listening to or watching lately? Well, today I'm going to shout out a video again. And this video is by Adam Neely. And it's not because I particularly care for the artist he's talking about, but rather for the way he approaches the ideas of genre and linking contemporary examples of the genre to the history and community around different types of music. So in this video, it's specifically about jazz. The video is called Is Loive Jazz? And the specific part you should watch, if you check it out at all, is at 19 minutes and five seconds, where he talks about how genre is more than just the sound of the music. It's right before he goes into part three of the video called Jazz is Dying, a different but slightly similar refrain we hear in our vaporwave scene, interestingly. And to be clear, Adam doesn't think jazz is dying in case you missed the sarcasm. So go check out the video. Adam Neely is great at explaining stuff and giving musical examples. Plus, he even has an old video called The Music Theory of Vaporwave that's really fascinating. You can check it out on his YouTube channel or over on Nebula. Wrapping it up here, I got to play a couple shows this month and I did a Barbara Beats DJ set at the Analog LA party back on the 22nd. And honestly, I was really surprised at how great some of the tracks sounded on a sound system with well-separated tops and subwoofers. The heavy bass came through pretty well with the melodies and percussion floating above it. I did have to dial back the bass a few times. You know, you'd understand if you saw the waveforms in a DJ program. But I was actually pleasantly surprised when testing different tracks from different producers on the system down in San Diego at Sweat.biz and when I played that set at Analog LA. The trickiest part of DJing the Barber Beats was making things fit melodically, since some tracks are slowed to pitches slightly off of like the A440 intonation scale, but there's a lot of great sections for beat matching if you can cut and fade EQs really well. I've even seen Big Baby Prophet do it with vinyl Barber Beats DJ sessions, so hopefully that serves as inspiration for some DJs out there. But enough about what I've been doing. What happened in the vaporwave scene the past couple weeks? Well, we had some big news and turbulence, but before I get to that, I'm quickly going to cover shows, podcasts, and events and stuff. There was IRL shows in Arizona, Columbus, Los Angeles, St. Louis, Austin, Texas, San Francisco, Lima, Peru, Bristol in the UK, and more. It's starting to get heated out there, and if you're feeling the itch to book a local show, you should do it. We need more grassroots vapor and small shows where artists can grow and we need them to pop up in different parts of the country so people can tour around. Speaking of tours, the George Clanton Frost Children DDS tour has started, and it's making its way across America and Canada. There are still tickets available for almost all the dates, but a few of them have low tickets, so make sure you get yours ASAP. Since there's a lot going on, and it's going to be a long episode, I'm not going to list all the individual IRL shows that have happened out, and I might actually kind of phase that out in the future as well and just try and do a little summary like I did today, so let me know what you think about that. I'm going to move on here to the URL space. There was so much that happened this month. We had hot takes with two episodes. They talked to DJ, producer, and scene photographer Agnos on September 13th, as well as Pop Culture on September 25th. You can go watch the VODs on Twitch or check it out on YouTube. I also did a little favorite albums video for the intermission on the episode on the 25th, and hopefully I'm going to repost that at some point. The Big Stream was back on September 7th before the crew headed out on tour, and they dropped a 100 club release for Equip's side project, Rivermaster, and it sold out really quick. Apparently, they were letting people buy multiple copies, so I imagine quite a few ended up on the secondhand market. I didn't get to watch the episode, but this episode was archived on YouTube, so you can go rewatch that. 
Luxury Aesthetics Virtual Gallery with DJ Non had two episodes this month. The first one was called Software Success, and the second one was called Take a Number, which was themed around waiting for support, like customer service or sitting in a lobby and being there, not being in like an empty mall. So it's kind of like a slightly adjacent take on Mallsoft through music curation. Very cool stuff from DJ Non. Luxury Elite hosted a Neon Knights episode number 117 on September 12th. And if you're wondering where episode 116 is, apparently the visuals got too many copyright strikes, so it's actually been re-uploaded to archive.org. And Luxury Elite also posted an episode on September 26th, which is her last one until after Flamingo Fest. She's headlining on the second day of the festival. Curator of the YouTube channel Soul Search and Destroy launched a second YouTube channel called Voyage with Soul Search and Destroy, where she's interviewing people related to the music scenes she curates music and visuals from. There was an interview with Frank Javsey recently where they discussed Simpson Wave videos. You can go check that out right now on the YouTube channel. And I'm going to shout it out again because he contributed to our main topic this week. Big Baby Prophet is always out there streaming all vinyl DJ sets on YouTube every Wednesday night. His most recent one was a really dope Outlaw Barber Beats DJ set. And if you're curious about discovering more Barber Beats, the artist and curator Slower Pace released a mix featuring their favorite tracks from other Barber Beats producers that were released in 2023. That's up on YouTube, and they put a version of it on Bandcamp as well. That list also dovetails nicely with our main topic this week. But... On the podcast and radio front, we had Future Sounds, who released a new episode that featured yours truly, discussing the Vaporwave weekend in New York City, as well as some speculation on the live scene. They also had some recaps from Frank Javsey, Data Girl, and NRail sharing their experiences in New York this year. And they also had an episode where Tom from Donor Lens interviewed Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night. Really insightful interview about his background and his processes particularly related to the album he did with Mindspring Memories that just came out on Geometric Lullaby recently. If you've never heard the term pre-slush, then you definitely need to go check out that episode. Night Clerk Radio also had two episodes this month. The first one was called End of Summer Jams, which was pretty self-explanatory. They just talked about two kind of jamming albums that had more of an upbeat vibe. Then their second one was called Easy Listening Vaporwave, where they explored albums from two producers that were on the up-and-coming Vaporwave compilation this year. As a reminder, Utopia District did an Econ Weekend group discussion with some of their volunteers for their podcast, and then they just released a part two episode, which is almost three hours long, that has more community members as well as Young Shiro and Luxury Elite talking about tape swap. It's out now on all podcasting platforms. In other news, Bandcamp Friday was September 1st, with the next one coming up here on October 6th. And in the last episode, I went over a ton of releases that dropped, I want to give a shout out to Reddit user PMB521 for assembling a list of Bandcamp Friday releases in the Vapor Vinyl subreddit. And it wasn't just vinyl on that list. It definitely helped me out when I was putting together the last episode, so thank you very much. But two big things dominating the Vaporwave news cycle as September comes to a close is the takedown of Macroblank's Bandcamp and Bandcamp being sold during Epic Games' recent downsizing and layoffs. So for the first one there... In a now-deleted tweet, Macroblank announced that their band camp had been taken down, and there were some similar posts that appeared on the Vaporwave subreddit. After it was completely wiped, apparently someone tried to squat it, but that didn't last long, and now it sits empty with the location listed as Seattle, Washington, which is not where Macroblank's from or where the previous location was listed as. Macroblank set up another band camp page under the name Michael Blank, and on the 27th, he announced a Patreon. 
Allo City has marked MacroBlank albums as private on Bandcamp as well, but the albums remain available for download on file lockers, and you can also go check out archive.org. Despite all the drama, MacroBlank released a new album on September 29th with a host of track titles that seem to reference the recent turbulence and criticism of his work and of Barber Beats in general. The title of the album translates to Down With The King, a bold choice. Back to recent news about Bandcamp, the platform got caught in the downsizing and layoffs at the tech game company Epic Games, who bought it last year. Among the fine print of their recent round of layoffs at Epic was the sale of the indie music platform to Song Trader, which is a, quote, music licensing platform and marketplace company, unquote. Song Trader was obviously a bit more excited about it than Epic and made a blog post that I've linked to on social media, but I'll reference a bit of it here and leave a link to it in the show notes. They have said on Twitter and in the blog post that they will keep Bandcamp running business as usual, but bring an extra dimension to the platform. Quote, Song Trader will also offer Bandcamp artists the ability and choice to have their music licensed to all forms of media, including content creators, game, and app developers, and brands. Obviously, I do have quite a few thoughts on this, especially in relation to Vaporwave and other sampled musics, not to mention the bevy of covers on Bandcamp, but that might be a topic for a future episode. Interestingly, Epic is going to stay involved in some capacity, but only on the licensing and getting you know cheap content from small creator side of things, at least in my opinion. Here's the quote in the Song Trader blog post about it. Quote, Epic is exploring ways to partner with Song Trader to build an inventory of music where artists can opt in to have their music licensed for use in Epic's ecosystem. So maybe that's a bit of an example of what Song Trader is going to try and offer to Bandcamp artists through different companies besides Epic as well. But under Epic Games, we really didn't see too many changes besides them coming into compliance with tax regulations and financial transaction integrations, which did cause a stir, especially amongst international users. But there wasn't too much expansion besides the Bandcamp Live feature getting added, but really that was kind of built on the back of the live streaming concert feature, which Bandcamp added during the pandemic before Bandcamp was ever purchased by Epic Games. Bandcamp is still a profitable company and sort of old school in the way it operates in the quickly shifting Web 3.0 world, where many people are getting tired of the unremarkable advances of streaming and algorithmically controlled web platforms. Bandcamp users, whether they're fans or musicians, across social media platforms are calling for some transparency in the sale and the future plans for Bandcamp. One source I'd recommend reading is a thread posted by the Future of Music Coalition. It's posted on Twitter, but I'll link the Threadreader app link in the show notes. To wrap it up, I must note that people pointed out some things that were missing in the blog post and questions that have gone unanswered on social media about the acquisition. The more glaring one being Bandcamp Daily, one of the great blog-like features of the platform that outshines a lot of publications on the internet that are crammed with annoying ads. I'm looking at you, stereo gum. And as reported by Pitchfork, quote, asked whether artist revenue shares, user experience, or the editorial platform Bandcamp Daily will be affected by the acquisition, song trader declined to comment, unquote. And that's obviously kind of a worrying sign, but hopefully there'll be some clarification. And I would also add that many people are asking about their support of the Bandcamp unionization efforts. The union had scheduled talks with Epic Games in early October, and they are now demanding more transparency on the sale of the platform. The Future Music Coalition is also petitioning the federal government to get more information about what's going on with the sale as well, so hopefully we will get some updates. Obviously, I will keep people updated on the situation, but like I mentioned earlier, there are some resources and sources you can go check out in the show notes and description. 
Back to Macroblank, if you didn't catch my last episode, I shouted out a really cool YouTube video on the channel Matsby Backslash. It's called Barber Night Delight featuring Macroblank, a vaporwave documentary, and it's well worth a watch if you want to see what a barber beat show is like and hear from folks behind the genre and concert experience like Aloe City, Ron Breaker, and Macroblank himself. In light of the recent news, I'm sure people will be interested in what the artist himself had to say earlier this year since it was filmed in the winter. And one last thing, I've been seeing some artists, labels, and album art popping up lately that are nearly the same as some things from the past. In the case of one label, it's nearly the same as an early Vapor label collective, which still has music on Bandcamp. So do some research, folks, and come up with unique names. I'll also mention that there's been a few labels and marketplace storefronts popping up with bootlegs that cost as much or more than what tapes usually go for by current artists on Bandcamp. Many of these bootleggers say they're a not-for-profit operation, but that doesn't seem to match up with the prices they charge. And a warning to the tape buyers out there, stay away from like the Etsy bootleggers. They notoriously have pretty poor quality and standards. With all that finger-wagging out of the way, though, let's move on to upcoming shows and events. Upcoming shows and events. In the URL space, as I've mentioned before, there are some labels announcing listening parties on Bandcamp and artists as well. So check out the official Bandcamp homepage for live events and streams. See if there's any labels or vapor names you recognize at bandcamp.com live. Hot Takes is going to be back in October with a special guest from the UK. And apparently it's going to be at a special date and time to accommodate. So you're going to want to keep your eyes and ears peeled over on their social media. Roche Corp is throwing an online birthday show on October 21st that's going to be called Roche Fest. Duality Fest by Pause and Reflect Music is happening this winter on December 16th and 17th. Due dates and set submissions are live on their social media pages. And Helios 4 has been announced for spring 2024 and submissions are now open. On the IRL side of things, we've wrapped up the summer and the post-econ energy is motivating bookers across the country. Here's what's coming up this fall. Some stuff happened in late September, although I guess it's going to be kind of out of date by the time this releases. Negi Jemmy announced a couple legs of touring this fall. Starting September 21st, she's going to be out with TV Girl and then out with Alan Palomo, formerly known as Neon Indian, into October. Saturday, September 30th in London, we have Future Sounds 4 featuring Desert Sands, Feels Warm at Night, Donor Lens, Zero, and Vanitas live at the Luna Lounge. Orograph is out on a patchwork U.S. tour to support his upcoming album New Standard on Dias Records. It begins in late September with some dates in L.A., St. Louis, and Texas as it rolls into October, plus some festival appearances. Getting into October, Bass House is hosting a show called Aesthetic Fridays in Baltimore with Toad of Sky, Van Gogh, Visual Culture, and Elite Pleasures at MAP Technologies on October 6th. So that's in Baltimore. And then we have Midwest Aesthetic, who will also be hosting an event on October 6th called Season of the Glitch, with 10 artists strong on that lineup at The Crucible in Madison, Wisconsin. It's billed as a spooky costume ray featuring underground electronic music with many names from the big and small events we've been seeing around the USA this year. Night Tempo is playing a string of dates around Japan starting on October 11th and hopping around the country until the 21st to promote his new album, Neo Standard. On October 20th, Vapor Space STL will be throwing a show called Ghost City, featuring Luxury Elite, Frank Javsey, Young Shiro, and Scythe Heaven with visuals by Freaky Steve and the TVs. It's at the Platypus in St. Louis, Missouri. Crystal Nostalgia is back in downtown LA at high tide on October 21st, 
hopefully we're not going to hear Sandstorm three times this month, but last month it was really cool seeing 3D Blast play their gig and throw down some future funk and vaporwave with his own tracks and edits. Super cool. Shouts out 3D Blast. October 27th, there will be a Halloween vapor show in Portland, Oregon, featuring Limerence, formerly known as Patch Notes, as well as Strip Silence and Darien Shield. It's at Beer, Brats, and Beats on Southeast Stark Street. Friday, October 20th, Yoitoki will be having a party in New York City with Advantage as their special guest, and they have a party on Halloween in Los Angeles at the 1720 Warehouse with special guest Night Patrol. Shouts out Justin, who also contributed to our main topic this week. Yotoki is also doing a show on December 2nd in Atlanta and on Saturday the 16th in Denver, Colorado. November events and tours are starting to get announced. We've already been mentioning Flamingo Fest, put on by My Pet Flamingo in Utopia District, which will be November 3rd and 4th in Los Angeles at Jules Catch One in High Tide, downtown LA. There are only one-day tickets left, and that's for the 4th at Jules Catch One, but that one's got all the headliners, so definitely make sure you get a ticket if you haven't gotten yours yet. Speaking of headliners, it was announced that Internet Club is going to be one of the surprise guests on their lineup. I'm excited to see who the others might be, because supposedly there's going to be more. And one of those other headliners, Hotel Pools, will be doing a patchwork West Coast tour after the festival, with some dates supporting Small Black. He's going to be starting on November 12th, and then he's going to be playing in San Francisco, Sacramento, Seattle, and Portland. Sweat.biz will be back in action at the Whistle Stop in San Diego on Sunday, November 12th, and we got a really special guest, Uniwa, playing with us. If you have other upcoming events you want featured, please submit them over on our link tree, linktr.ee slash Vaporwave News Network. In addition to my event submission form, I've been working with the Arcology to help keep their event calendar updated and promote it. So hopefully you can go over there and check it out if you want to find any local vapor events by you or submit your own as well. So please check out the Arcology at arcology.online slash events. Upcoming and current releases. I'm going to start off with a review this time since I missed out doing one on the last episode. So here we go. On September 8th, Barbara Beats producer Gore released a new album that translates to Sanctuary, and it got a cassette release by Doki Doki Beats on September 15th. This album really leans into the smooth sounds of jazz, with some bright and upbeat horns in the opening tracks. The beginning of the album has a markedly sunny disposition that leans into the feel-good sentimentality of early 90s smooth jazz. It's some really smooth music, if you understand that reference. As the album approaches the B-side, the tone downshifts back to the classic Barbara Beats chill-out, but it doesn't veer into the melancholy or dolorous elements found in more lo-fi Barbara Beats albums. The low, growling introduction to track 8, which eventually opens up into a shimmering string-led melody, sounds very dreamlike and sets up the final two tracks of the album. Like all good Barbara Beats albums do, this one takes you on a journey, and the conclusion of that journey on this album reveals two very unique tracks that don't just use the typical breakbeats found in the genre. Track 9's dense production and clattering percussion surges into a backbeat with a shuffling 6-8 triplet pattern. The track has a unique feel with floating snippets of wah-wah guitar, cello solos, trumpets, and swelling synths. The album finishes its 10-track run with a more ambient piece of swirling sounds undergirded by a simple brush jazz hop beat. It's a mellow ending to a really engaging album that never gets too dark, and it basks in the glow of the really smooth music from its congenial beginning to its contemplative ending. 
There's also other releases and announcements to note. This section is not going to include Bandcamp Friday releases coming up in the future or from last month for the most part. The ones from last month I covered in the previous episode, episode 9. So go check that out if you're curious what was released back on September 1st. For now, I'm going to talk about stuff that came out during the month of September. And I'm going to start by mentioning the new album by one of the godfathers of Vaporwave, Daniel LaPotten, aka One Otrix Point Never, the mastermind of Chuck Person's Echo Jams and the Sunset Corp YouTube channel, put out a new album called Again that came out on September 29th by a Warp Records. And quote, in LaPotten's words, the album is in part a speculative autobiography, a transmission, a spellbound backwash of digital languages and sonic paranoias, what's remembered and what's forgotten, all presented in OPN's trademark melodic touch. And that's according to the press release. It seems pretty monumental to try and review this album. We've had a lot of big things coming out by big names lately. So I'm not going to review this one, but I do suggest you check it out. And then I'm going to move on to all of our other releases we have this month in the vaporwave world. I'm surprised I missed this, but uh, Swedish duo Runners Club 95 dropped their new album Sponsored Content back on August 25th. And I guess it just kind of got lost in the econ shuffle for me. So I'm mentioning it now. Early in the month, on September 8th, there was a cool charity compilation released by the net label Sunset Grid. Kokua is a charity compilation album to raise funds to help those affected by the Maui wildfires. It has 30 tracks on it in a variety of styles. So far, they've raised over $200, and you can still donate when you purchase the digital album today. The funds will be donated to the Hawaii Community Foundation, as well as the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. Dan Mason announced a new album called Devil Killer that will be out on October 20th, and there's a new breakbeat single out called Ganbet with two exclamation marks, which is on our contemporary Vaporwave Spotify playlist. Limousine dropped a new album that's the demollified version of his recent release, Sky Mall. It's just called Sky, and it's much cleaner in production, which gives it a different vibe for sure. He will be selling exclusive tapes of this version that's currently on his Bandcamp at Flamingo Fest in November, where he's going to be playing. Donor Lens released a new single called Made This About You that's got the DMB Vapor Break sound and samples a well-known song about mileage and, and walking all those miles. I suggest you check it out. Future Funk stalwart Night Tempo put out a new album called Neo Standard on September 20th, featuring a lot of contemporary vocalists, but it still captures that Future Funk and City Pop vibe. Multiple singles that were on our fresh Future Funk playlist are on the album. He's also going to be on the cover of Japanese audio magazine Sound and Recording in November. It's a very cute picture, very cool post that he made about that. Over on Montaigne, Discoholic put out the Remixaholics Anonymous compilation, Lots of good stuff for DJs over on there. Future Funk producer Youngin put out their album Midnight Matsuri on Neon City Records. And there was actually a pretty cool animated graphic of the J-Card artwork floating around on social media if you can find it. Crystal Turnal, who put on the Nostalgia Lounge show in Columbus, Ohio, put out a four-track Future Funk EP called Arcade Girl on September 26th. Producer Oscar Rhodes put out a Future Funk album called Feel Like That on Revenant Cassette Corp. Happy Cola Baby put out a mini album called Grand Prix 1998, and we also have their new single Jane on the Fresh Future Funk playlist. Zai Cowan has been dropping new singles on Spotify, and one of them is a collaboration with another recent podcast favorite, Party Night. The song Seagulls also got added to the Fresh Future Funk playlist this month. New collaborative project Lunar Data Garden released their first album on September 30th. It's called Perfect Dawn, and we put their DDS-inspired sounding single, Back to You, Part 1, 
on a contemporary Vaporwave playlist recently. Snowpoint Lounge released a new album at the beginning of the month that is the second part of their Unexpected Melody album series. More serene and relaxing bar beats from the unique curator and producer. Newer Barbara Trap producer we mentioned in a previous episode called Magdalene put out an album called Honeysuckle that mellows the vibe from their previous releases into a more classic Barbara Beats chill-out album. Barbara Beats producer Gore released a new album of really smooth music that I mentioned earlier, and they also released an album that translates to Catalyst on My Pet Flamingo this month, which still has some tapes available. Godspeed put out their number 20 release called Vixere on September 29th. Oblique Occasions released a new deceivingly titled album called Punishment on their Bandcamp September 17th. Esotericism put out a new album called Acid Jams with a Z, Volume 1, over on their Bandcamp. And then we had two Barber Beats artists who did a split album called Spectrum of Shattered Souls by Majestic Darkness, aka Darkness and Majestic 12, that came out on September 26th. There was another split album released on September 19th by Slower Pace and Dirty River that was called Zodiac, and that ends with a K, not a C. On September 19th, May Kretsch released a new album that translates to Suffocating Night on their Bandcamp. Barber Beats producer Dark Desire put out a new album on their Bandcamp entitled Schizo, in all caps, back on the 23rd. And Modest by Default released an album that translates to Native Logic on September 12th. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Macro Blank released a new album that translates to Down With The King on his new Michael Blank Bandcamp page and YouTube on September 29th. Notorious Secret released a new album called Darkness in Her Eyes over on Kanga Corp back in late September, and cassettes are still available. Lost Traveler from Peru dropped an EP called Mysterious Affair on September 28th. It's got three snappy vapor funk tracks. Portland producer Cyber Surfer 3D, who played the tape swap last month, dropped a new age solar punk album called Asteria on their Bandcamp September 27th. Slushwave artist Illusionary released a new dreamy album that translates to My Lovely Bouquet as well. On the net label front, Bogus Collective released a bunch of new albums from artists like Robo Sagan, Bob Genghis Khan, DJ Not Not, Dystopian Exoplanet, Endless Discovery TM, and Timeless Entity. Sunset Grid released a couple new things this month, including the Maui Benefit comp I talked about earlier, and albums by Reyes, Turna J, and Exit Zero. Photoshop Co. has released four albums this month, including a monster 49-track album entitled Macintosh TV by the person behind the label, Photoshop. This one is FSC393, so they are nearing 400 releases. That's super impressive. Second Sight released an album that falls more into the hypnagogic pop lane called Sunset Drive on September 14th. There was a DMB breakcore release by Mail called Emulation on September 25th. Villain dropped some new records and announcements. One of them was Memory Machine, a new album by Fortnax Void, which was added to their Contact series under the catalog number CNCT008. Producer Opal Vessel released a new dark ambient album called Useless Waste of Life, with tracks that are quite long, plus some bonus material in the Bandcamp download. No Problema Tapes put out some box sets and has lots of bundles available but they also finally helped bring the Mindspring Memories album Magical Realism to vinyl back on September 15th. Ray Records has been reissuing lots of deep cuts since their launch earlier this year, but a recent batch included a semi-lost Vapor Trap album by Click Fraud called Deep Linking. The artist behind the alias, MP3 Neptune, produced it back in the early days of 2013 and 14, but it just sat on a forgotten bandcamp after its eventual release in 2015. 
It's been brought back to life on cassette through Ray Records and tapes are still available. Underwater Computing released some new albums. Earlier in September, they put out three by Midnight Nostalgia and later in the month, they released Happy New Year 2102 by The City Reviewer. Business Casual had three releases in late September. Dreamer For You by Bite Handle came out on September 22nd and a reissue of Glass Shutters by Sierra Online plus a new album by them titled Virtuality came out on September 29th. The new one's a bit more fuzzy and distant than the previous one, which has a more rounded kind of midi wave and VGM sound to it. And I really love that first one. I'm not so sure about this new one, but the artwork is fantastic as always with Sierra Online. And then one more thing here is Luxury Elite's latest album Fashion Pop, which came out on my label Pacific Plaza Records, is going to be having a reissue. The original sold out quite fast, faster than we expected. So the second edition is gonna be available on October 6th, the next Bandcamp Friday. If you have upcoming releases to send to us for coverage, please go to our link tree and you can use the upcoming submissions release form. So that's linktr.ee slash vaporwave news network. On to our main topic. So I know the news section was a bit lengthy and sort of a main topic in itself, one that you know begets even more questions and discussion, but this week we're going to pivot to something a bit more straightforward. This week I'm exploring the vapor world for the top five releases that have happened so far in 2023. I reached out to a few curators in the scene and there is currently a Google form where people have been weighing in and can continue to weigh in on your favorites from so far this year. If you check out our link tree, you can find a link to that form and you can fill in your top five. I'll be going over some of the audience favorites and I'm gonna sort out some of the data based on multiple picks people had for the next episode. I know this is a bit late compared to most publishers and writers in the indie media sphere, but with all the hustle and bustle around the Vaporwave weekend in New York, mid-year things just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And I personally think some albums from the summer months kind of got lost in the shuffle as well within the community. So in the spirit of cosplaying as a tastemaker come list maker journalist, I'm going to share some lists and thoughts from other curators, fans, and creators in the scene, as well as my own. And you know, as I was trying to like think of a list, I was debating including releases from my own label, as well as like including albums I already reviewed for the podcast. And ultimately, you know, like the albums I reviewed for the podcast became some of my favorites. So I'm going to go ahead and choose formerly reviewed albums for the most part and a release from my own label. So you could check out our Instagram page, YouTube channel, or TikTok to see the full reviews of my picks. But my top five in no particular order are going to be Luxury Elite Fashion Pop, undeniably solid. And I loved actually hearing Last Summer Live at Electronicon. That was a highlight for me. My next pick here is going to be Simple Syrup Bloom. And in my opinion, this is one of the more underrated albums of the year. Although one other person put it on their list in the Google form submission. So shouts out to you. You know, in some circles, Simpy is beloved, but more people need to hear his work. There's a good variety on this album, whether it's Vaporwave Zero and Vaporwave Breaks, all the way to Late Night Lo-Fi and Classic Vapor. So check out Simple Syrup Bloom. 
Next, I have Slower Pace, The Great Escape. And you know, it's not always easy to find Barbara Beats albums that feel unique and consistently themed for like the entire duration of the album, especially when these albums deviate from the usual chilled out jazz vibe. But this album takes a different tact, indulging in the breaks and beats of different Eastern and Middle Eastern sounds to transport you to a different place geographically than most Barbara Beats albums do. My fourth pick here is going to be Frost Children's Speed Run. I think this is adjacent enough to pick, but I also don't think this one's a surprise to anyone because I've been mentioning it since it came out this spring. You know, this album centers more around dance music and the golden tempo, you know, with some agitated moments of hyper pop thrown in there. The opening suite of songs goes so hard, and the cutesy R&B pop of uh, Wonderland, I think it's best described by Anthony Fantano. You can go look up the clip on the web of him describing Wonderland. And then finally, for my fifth pick, I'm going to choose Achi Kochi by Otto. Yes, this one came out on my label Pacific Plaza, but I really want to give it some shine because I listened to it for months before the release as we prepared, and then I continued listening to it for months after the release. I enjoyed it so much, and I felt like it was truly a new step in combining vapor samples with original instrumentation. The sonic quality of the album sits perfectly in the mid-fi range of, you know, usual vapor, but it's never harsh or unpleasant in the sound design. It's tricky to pick out what's sampled and what isn't sometimes, which I think is wonderful. The accompanying EP, Toshi, also has some more mellow and ambient vibes that even like Slushway fans might appreciate. It's definitely part and parcel of the whole experience of listening to the album Achi Kochi, and I recommend you go check out both of them. I'm also going to give some honorable mentions here. My first one goes to Mr. Hustine's album, No Time to Lose, that Montaigne reissued with refreshed sonics and remixes. It's got lots of great cuts for DJs, and it had some great remixes from it released this year in 2023. Another honorable mention for me is going to be the album Blooming Love by Party Night. It's a future funk album I've really enjoyed and even added to my DJ crates and played in multiple sets this year. So shouts out Party Night. My next list here is going to be from a curator that runs a YouTube channel who I mentioned in a previous episode. Xnot, who runs a channel uploading albums and who's turned me on to some good music with those uploads, sent me a list of five releases and I'm going to give a little description of each after I read the release name. So they didn't write these descriptions. I wrote them. But here's their list of five albums that came out in 2023. Midnight Premiere, Smooth Saturation. This is one I actually dug as well. It's a mellow late night lo-fi album that fans of VCR Classique will love. And a couple other fans picked this one via our Google form, you know, so that's pretty cool. And remember, you could still submit to that if you want. Second pick was US Golf 95, PlayStationJungle.psx. And I've covered this one on the show quite a bit, so I'm just going to say this, Vapor Breaks, PS1 Vibes. Third pick was Mom and Dad's Computer, Island Utopia. And this one's like, uh, in my opinion, a classic style Vaporwave album that dips into other subgenres like late night lo-fi, ambient, and even some lo-fi midi wave, a little bit of utopian vibes there. It's mentioned in the name. The fourth pick is going to be Slower Pace, Barbershop Simulator. And this one is a Barber Beats album that has a bit of like a 90s video game music vibe to it. So go check it out if you're a Barber Beats fan. The fifth pick is going to be 3AM Signals by International Telecom, which is labeled as a Signal Wave album, but in my opinion, it's quite melodic and more like lo-fi liminal vapor wave coming from an old car stereo, if you're looking for a bit of a description there. Our next list is going to be provided by Quiz, a big fan in the scene, friend of mine, and someone that 
I like to go to for advice. So I asked them for their list and they sent back a recording, which I'm going to play right now. What's up, everybody? It's Quiz. You know, I wish I could have picked more esoteric or lesser known picks, but this year has been crazy and I've really been leading hard on my friend's art to see me through it. So my top five is going to be a lot of homies. Um, definitely number one and number two go to Luxury Elite, Luxury Noise, just the two albums they put on the most. Not brown nosing here, but I really genuinely love those albums. Good for every occasion. Um, after that, I got to give it up to the new Fake Fever album, Inside the Well. Um, just dynamite album on my pet, my pet flamingo uh speaking of which they put out flamingo funk volume three as a big compilation fan um as a big part of me getting in the vaporwave was listening to all these compilations that mixed different styles and i i love that i love a compilation that can just take you through all the different styles that make up vaporwave like you know how people would celebrate their birthdays during covid by driving by someone's house in procession and raving out the windows it's like that experience but with vaporwave genres um, finally, I gotta give some love to my old friends Kai Too High on his album Any Inner City Killers. He put out on No Problema in February of this year, like a vapor punk dream punk hybrid that like dream punk but like low, late night lo-fi at the same time. It's almost like a late night no, lo-fi from an alternate dimension. And then of course, um, I gotta say honorary mention to my friend Forgotten Lore, dungeon synth artist from Philly. Pairing traditional kind of eerie dungeon music sound with a subtle but just powerful emotionality and romanticism on their debut album. Perfect for those upcoming Halloween seasons. Highly recommended for Vaporwave lovers. That's uh, Forgotten Lore, the Dungeon Synth album. And the album is called It Lives in Death. All right, that's my top five plus one. Thank you for listening. My next list here comes from Big Baby Prophet, who provided a little description along with his choices. Big shouts out for putting so much effort into this. I really appreciate it. He also has a number of honorable mentions, and honorable mentions specifically about physical releases and reissues that came out in 2023. So strap in, here we go. Number one, we have Forgive Yourself by Luxury Noise. The smooth keys layering over the brakes and house beats just get to me. This is the nostalgia I'm constantly looking for, yet it all sounds so fresh and new. The second choice is Leviathan by Oblique Occasions. Quote, so beautifully cinematic, dark, and energizing. The tracks are absolutely visceral, and I'm constantly getting goosebumps while listening to this record. For the third choice, he has Weekend Rush by Three Piece Suites. Quote, slamming Vaporwave and 90s London vibes right into each other. This is an amazing example of pushing Vaporwave as it evolves and births new subgenres. For our fourth choice, we have Define Love by Foxer. Quote, beautiful and ethereal with a mid-record interlude that has bass that kicks you right in the chest. This sends me back to the mid-2010s listening to HKE while still having a fresh ambient flowing sound to it. And for our fifth choice, we have an album that translates to Texas Bronco by Gore. Quote, This smooth and sexy gem is all you need for a day slash night in. I feel like I'm watching hidden episodes of Samurai Champloo on a beautiful rainy day. For his honorable mentions, he has Short Term Agreement Vinyl Edition by NXXXXS. Quote, The King of Vapor Trap is back and I'm all about it. Tracks featuring other artists are super fun examples of where Vapor Trap and Barber Beats can go. For the next choice, we had Thunder and Rain by A Hero, quote, bringing Vapor drums and synth keys slash bells to the table 
A Hero Has Another Amazing LP. For the third honorable mention, we have Liminal Space by City of Dawn. Quote, the name says it all. It's an amazing record to empty your brain and enjoy the void. For physical releases, we have Big Baby Prophet picking From the Heart by Melanade on My Pet Flamingo. Quote, absolute banger, funky and fresh, and a great listen if you need that future funk fix. Next, we have Audi by Cat System Corp, which was reissued by City Man Productions. Quote, classic vapor through and through, funky and weird and perfect. His next choice was Transistor LP Edition by Lem Kuja, which was reissued by Coruspect. Quote, super fun classic future funk that keeps it upbeat and those rumps shaken. And then for a fourth choice, we have Melodies and Mermaids by Waterfront Dining, reissued by Naughty Night Records. Quote, another classic with a physical release, an absolute Plunderphonics masterclass. Next up here, we have the lads from Future Sounds FM over there in the UK. I just did an episode with them earlier in the month. You can go check it out. And they put their heads together to get five picks, starting off with our first pick, which was Christ, 10 years later, 2013 to 2023, a 10-year retrospective compilation of his work. Their second pick was Life Patterns Kill Screen, which is an album of atmospheric DMB and vapor breaks with a strong VGM influence. Third, they picked Runner's Club 95, sponsored content, which I mentioned earlier in the show. It's original composed songs turn vapor with a strong chill wave vibe. For the fourth pick, they're giving some love to Superflat, Meant to be Superfluous, which is a future funk album that came out this summer. For their fifth and final pick, they got the compilation Nobody Here, Echoes of the Past, which members of their podcast helped curate and release on My Pet Flamingo back in February. Shouts out to the guys at Future Sounds for sending me those picks. Hopefully, we'll do a little bit more collaborations with them in the future. future and for our last curator that's going to be sharing some picks with us today, we have, weighing in on Future Funk, DJ and admin of the Future Funk Vinyl Collectors Group on Facebook, Night Patrol. Night Patrol had five picks and an honorable mention. Shouts out, Justin. The first one we have... Brian Rohitas, Horizon, which was released on Barry Good Records and also reissued by Satoshi Records. Next, we have Hot Singles, Butter. And this one was actually a Coruspect release, and I'm just personally going to say, Alan's got some good taste over there in up-and-coming future funk. I found a lot of good stuff through his label this year. Night Patrol's third pick is going to be Neon Vectors, Club 84. And personally, I agree, that one was a bop. I have multiple tracks from this on the Fresh Future Funk playlist. Next, we had Barb Walters' Love, which was another one that also had some tracks playlisted. Finally, we have Dragon Chan World Championship with the album World Champion Resort, which came out on Coruspect. And personally, actually, I didn't know about this one, and it surprised me. I liked it. I downloaded it, and I added it to my DJ thumb drive. And the Night Patrol's honorable mention for an album that came out on physical in 2023 went to Daydream Deluxe Peach Summer Splash. So I hope you enjoyed all those lists. I'm going to see what I can do to kind of collate them and put them out in maybe a more condensed format. Or maybe I'll make that a special thing that I only save for uh, future subscription stuff. We'll see. Again, big shouts out to Xnot, who runs a YouTube channel curating different selections from current and past releases in the scene. You can go check them out, Xnotbr on YouTube. 
Shouts out to Quiz. Thank you so much for making that recording, my friend. And I hear that Quiz might have some of their own music coming up in the future. So maybe keep your eye on their social media for that. A big shouts out as well to Big Baby Profit. I love that you provide those descriptions with your choices and I love watching you on YouTube. You can go check out his channel every Wednesday night where he's DJing Vapor Vinyl. It's so impressive. And there's a cool little community that shows up to chat every episode in the YouTube live chat. So make sure you check it out. And big thanks to the guys over at Future Sounds FM. You can check out their website, future-sounds.uk. And you can also go check out their podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And then finally, thank you, Justin, Mr. Night Patrol. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, you can see Night Patrol playing at the 1720 Warehouse for the Yoitoki Halloween Future Funk Rave in Los Angeles. And then as a final reminder, I still have our Google submission form where you can put in your top five choices for albums that have come out thus far in 2023. Please do not put any things that were reissued. If you want to do reissues or things that came out on physical in 2023, put them down in the honorable mentions. And please make sure you don't just put an artist name or don't just put an album name or don't just put a song name. Fill in all the information because it will help me when I'm trying to collect some data here and see what people have been thinking out there in the scene. I'm hoping we can get some submissions from people who are interested in particular subgenres, whether that's Barber Beats, Slush Wave, Signal Wave, Future Funk. That kind of stuff's really interesting and insightful for me because I don't get a ton of time to check out all the releases and all the different subgenres that are happening in this scene. With that, I'm going to wrap up our main topic here, and we're going to head into one of my favorite segments this week in Vaporwave history. This week in Vaporwave history. Back on September 1st, 2011, Atlantis Recordings is launched by Scott Michael, who at the time was running a radio show turned music blog called Roberto Clemente Rookie Card, while it later became a crucial label to the development of the Vaporwave scene and experimental sounds of the early days in this genre. His first couple releases captured different sides of underground music that have converged throughout the course of Vaporwave. These sides of underground music, IRL and online were exploring the newfound independence of blogs, file lockers, and videos for sharing music, as well as connecting on social media platforms like MySpace, Last.fm, Turntable FM, and Facebook. The first release on Atlantis Recordings, which came out September 1st, 2011, was Browser by Good Amount, which was also released on a CDR. Good Amount was the project of Christian Filardo, who had many projects, labels, and even some experimental DIY gallery spaces under their belt, as well as a history in the Phoenix and Tempe DIY scenes that leaned heavily into experimental pop, folk punk, and noise during the 2000s. I actually first encountered them through the Phoenix DIY punk and desert pop scene, plus I own a couple of releases from their label Holy Page, a label which existed in the same internet music ecosystem as Elanthus, Sun Up Recordings, The Learn Tapes, Bridgetown Records, Crash Symbols, and many more. They were also in the early Facebook groups Scott Michael, founder of Atlantis, told me about when I asked about the early days of internet music, those early days which eventually birthed Vaporwave. Some of those early Facebook groups Scott mentioned in an interview he did included groups like Dior Nights, Dior Days, Xerox Fax Machines Superheroes, Living Room Visions, and Sewer Greats. This quote, new breed music, or second internet music, as Scott Michael called it, and it focused around experimental artists who emerged from different regional DIY scenes, you know, like DIY punk scenes, and they congregated on the internet. 
including some of the early vaporwave artists and the inspirations for those vaporwave artists. This, quote, hub of fresh ideas where, quote, everything getting thrown at the wall was full of fusions, throwbacks, and a hybridization of different styles of electronic, noise, ambient, and lo-fi music, including guitar music and bands. A lot of old media and images from the past were being repurposed as a new era of retromania in indie, underground, and eventually mainstream music permeated culture. If you're actually curious about that retromania stuff, I recommend writer and music historian Simon Reynolds' book of the same name, which came out in 2010. Alanthus would go on to release plenty of music that wasn't vaporwave, including bands and local acts from around Johnstown where Scott Michael lived and breathed his local DIY scene. But interestingly, the third release on Alanthus came out only a few days later on September 3rd, and it's tied directly to the early history of vaporwave. That release is Lasership Stereo Soft Season EP. Part of the Living Room Visions Collective, Lasership Stereo's first release of slowed down, somewhat grainy sample chops is what most people in the scene imagine when they think of early vaporwave aesthetics, all the way down to its album art. It's similar to the echo jams of Daniel Lopatin, but less focused on single loops, and it just takes parts of songs at drifting tempos filtered through hazy production. As Sun Bleacher's review in 2017 said, quote, it was part of the initial wave of vaporwave releases. It's important to remember that a lot of releases, such as Soft Season, sought to evoke nostalgia for the 80s and 90s, rather than exercise novel production techniques, unquote. So that's two early releases to check out. The first one, Browser by Good Amount, who also did the album artwork for the first Sewer Grates compilation and appeared on multiple of them as well. It's a more minimalist, ambient, and noise record with short tracks titled after various internet browsers. And then we have the iconic early Vaporwave release by Lasership Stereo, the Soft Season EP. Alanthus Recordings would go on to release crucial things from folks like Internet Club, Luxury Elite, Auto, Lynn's Heaven Virtual Plaza, Death's Dynamic Shroud, 2814, Donovan Hikaro, Cat System Corp, and many more, including Scott Michael's own projects, which you should go check out, NYK DLN, ADHD NFL Blitz, and New Figure Variety. There's so many good things on Alanthus Recordings. Go check out their Bandcamp and enjoy some vaporwave history. Okay, I hope everyone has enjoyed this week's episode of Vaporwave News Network. As always, you can find some of the stuff I mentioned in the episode notes. We also have a Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, and TikTok account where we post highlight graphics and videos with releases mentioned in each episode. So make sure you give us a follow and repost the content. And please, please repost it. Reposting the graphics and video clips really helps spread the word to other people in the scene. You can find us on social media at VW News Network. And like I said, I've got the TikTok where I'm posting content from our episodes. And I'm also on Blue Sky where I'm posting way more than Twitter. You know, it's quite pleasant over there. So get yourself an invite before Twitter becomes a paid platform. If you would like to submit something to the show, you can check out our link tree with all the links and submission forms at linktr.ee slash Vaporwave News Network. If you want to get in contact with us, you can also do it through our email, vaporwavenewsnetwork at gmail.com. This podcast is sponsored by Pacific Plaza, but if you are a reputable label looking to advertise or sponsor the show, please get in contact. I've been your host, Alex, aka Trucks Passing Trucks. If you want to find me or my label on social media, you can look up Pacific Plaza Rec. That's Pacific Plaza R-E-C on Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, Blue Sky, or TikTok. I also have an Instagram page for my music and DJing stuff over at Trucks Passing Trucks, which is all one word. I'm playing down San Diego on November 12th, and stay in the loop with me because there might be some potential gigs around Flamingo Fest. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you tune in to future episodes of the Vaporwave News Network. From our part of the vapor world, this is Alex signing off until next time. Vaporwave News Network. <laughs>